Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we have gathered in your house to hear your holy word. We pray that by the power of your spirit this morning, through that word, you would open our ears and our hearts, that we would hear your word and let it take deep root in us. Pour out your spirit upon us and strengthen us in our faith. Change us into the people you would have us be. In Jesus' name, amen. The text for our meditation this morning is written for us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at the 16th verse. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, well-equipped for every good work. So, Father, word of the Lord, please be seated. In Jesus the Christ, dear fellow redeemed, can you remember when you first began believing? If you are an adult convert to Christianity, maybe you can point to a specific time when faith blossomed in your heart and you began trusting that Jesus is your Savior from sin. That's not my story. And maybe it's not yours either. In fact, I can't remember a time before believing. I grew up as a a little child Trusting God's word. Maybe that's your story too. If that's your story, then you and I are very similar to Timothy, the first recipient of this letter from Paul. In the two verses before, it speaks, and or Paul wrote to Timothy and said, As for you, Continue in the things you have learned and about which you have become convinced. You know from whom you learned them and that from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, I think I can safely assume that many of you here today share my story and Timothy's. That you grew up trusting the Holy Scriptures. And in the unique context of our Christian culture, maybe we would look at all of the people just like us with the same experience and conclude that growing up in the faith is a common everyday experience. That would not be a realistic view of our experience. Growing up in the faith is no less of a miracle than those who are converted as adults. And I did use the right word. Miracle. 
So instead of brushing off our experience as everyday and commonplace, we could instead ask, how is this possible? How is it possible that a, a sinful child like me, from the moment of conception, can't remember a time before which I wasn't trusting God's word? Well, Paul in our verses supplies the reason why that's possible. He just says it out there for all to hear. All scripture is God-breathed. When we read God's word, even as a little child, when it's read to us, it's not like all those other storybooks that we read. And maybe even storybooks that we memorize so well because we've made mom and dad read them to us over and over again. Those are only man's word. When we read the scriptures, we're reading God's word. All scripture is God breathed. Now, this isn't the only place that this is revealed to us. Peter wrote in one of his epistles, the second epistle, in fact, no prophecy ever came by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were being carried along by the Holy Spirit. Paul to the Corinthians in his first letter to them said, We also speak about these things, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual truths with spiritual words. The Bible, the Scriptures, aren't man's word about God. They are God's words. Because the scriptures are God's words, there's two things that we can take to heart from that. The first is that they are true. God cannot lie. Therefore, every word of the Holy Scriptures is true. You may have noticed that often when pastors are about to start their sermon with a prayer, part of that prayer will be, sanctify us through the truth, your word is truth. There are so many things that we can't be certain about in this life. There are things that we believe to be true right now. But later on, we'll realize they were incorrect. They were wrong. They may have even been a straight-out lie. We can trust every word of the Bible to be true because it's God's word. Then the second thing that we can take to heart because the Bible is divinely inspired is that God cannot go back on his word. We are living our lives in faith, 
trusting that Jesus has paid for all of our sins through his life and death. We don't have to worry that we're going to figuratively get to heaven's door and God say, oh, sorry, folks, I changed my mind. You know, I, I thought Jesus' perfect life and his innocent suffering and death were going to be enough, but sorry, you'll just have to sit over there until I work out what I'm going to do with you. No, God cannot go back on his word. He has promised you that because of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. That's a truth that you can hold on to in any part of your life, whether you're young or old. That's a truth that you can hold on to in any context that you're in in life. Whether things are going well or poorly, God will keep his promise and forgive all of your sins through Jesus. We can be assured of those things because the Bible is divinely inspired. But Paul also tells us that that divinely inspired word is useful. He says it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. You might be able to see a, a bit of a process in those list of four things that, that Paul described there. Teaching, well, obviously we would say God's word is useful for teaching. Teaching the truths and the, the promises of God. God's word is useful for rebuking. Correcting us when we've, we've gone astray. Sometimes we even know what God wants us to do, but we choose to go another direction. God's word brings us back. Oh, I should, shouldn't get ahead of myself yet. First of all, it rebukes us. Okay. And then it, it corrects us. It brings us back to a right position. And then it, it's good for the ongoing training in righteousness. Now, when we look at that process, it would be very easy to look at all of those words and view them only from the perspective of the law. And now, our text finishes by saying that this word of God in this process makes us able for every good work. But I want to challenge that thought a little. Because I see implied in that process the gospel. Of all the things that God wants to teach you through his word, what is the one thing that he wants you to know? Jesus is your savior. God wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So that, that teaching, the start of that process, has to be focused on Jesus. 
And then as God rebukes us through his word when we go astray, yeah, we can go into sinful activity where we break the Ten Commandments. But what about when we doubt that promise? What about when we wonder if God's word is really true? That's just as much a sin and just as much needs rebuking that we would keep our eyes or get our eyes back on Jesus. And that word for correcting, it actually can mean restore. So if you think of a a Christian who's learned what God's word has said and, and fallen, gone astray, that correcting is restoration. That certainly includes the proclamation that your sin, so clearly evident in the rebuking, is now forgiven and taken away. That it too was numbered with your sins that were nailed to the cross. And then the training in righteousness. Could that not also be the constant encouragement to hold on to Jesus? To trust every day that your sins are forgiven. That righteousness is not just the good works that you do. It's also the good works that Jesus has done on your behalf. That perfect life that he lived to satisfy God's law in your place. Now, a Christian so grounded in God's law and gospel will certainly be equipped for every good deed in Christ. May God the Holy Spirit bless your study of God's word so that you would hold on to it as divinely inspired and be changed by it to live the good faith and good deeds that God desires. To Him be the glory, now and forever. Amen. Please stand for the blessing. And now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.